richly blessed. He will be missed. Jacob read the quote twice before he put the fragile newspaper aside. Cleaning had never been his favorite job, but after his grandma passed two months before, he knew he couldn't sell her old farmhouse until it was completely cleaned out, and that meant sorting through all the junk from her past, a long past, full of cards, letters, mementos, pictures, and even great-granddad's old house key. The woman saved everything. He sighed, shifted his crouch position in the dim, dusty attic, and glanced at the carefully cut-out article again. Who was this man that she bothered to save his obituary? And was he really missed? He had died so long ago. Those who cared were long gone. Doesn't matter now. Jacob! Rosie's voice, melodic and enticing, still sent chills up his arms. He could hardly believe she had married him and that they were expecting their first child in the spring. After sweeping the last stacks of papers off the shelf, Jacob bundled them into the overfilled plastic container and grunted as he hefted it to the top of the steps. This is the last of it. I'm coming down now. With her rounded belly giving shape to her bright maternity top, Rosie peered up from the bottom step. Don't carry too much. You might fall. With a half laugh, Jacob defied the silly notion and started down the narrow steps, slipped on the fifth, and landed with a decided ugh at a sharp pain in his back. As if to add insult to injury, the box tipped and spilled its guts all over the floor. Suddenly, Commander-in-Chief of Healthcare Rosie dove into action, her hands fluttering. Stop! Stay where you are! Let me see if you're... Ignoring her attention, Jacob tried to stand then muffled a series of profanities as he fell again. By late afternoon, Jacob had been x-rayed, found he had slipped a disc, and was sentenced to bed for the duration with enough painkiller and vegetable soup to keep him alive, though not uncomplaining. After arriving at their single-story ranch home, Rosie made the necessary phone calls, informing work, family, and friends that her strong man was doing fine, though he wouldn't be getting around for a few days. Jacob would hear her voice in the bedroom as she prepared dinner, soothing away worries, insisting that she didn't need any help, and glorying in the fact that she had tried to warn him. But you know how he is. He considered popping another pill to dull the humiliation. Cute as always, but with a hint of smugness, Rosie toted in a tray just as the winter sun set a roast beef sandwich with barbecue chips, coleslaw, and a glass of milk gladdened his eyes, bringing his salivary glands back to life, though he looked twice at the glass of milk. A faded newspaper article lay complacently under the fork. You need extra calcium. The doctor specifically mentioned that you should drink milk and get more exercise. Jacob's brain spun, trying to think of a non-profanity-laden retort. Oh, and Mrs. Miller put the box in the car and carried it into the living room so we could go through it? She tapped the paper. I found this article on great-great-uncle of yours. Sounds like he was quite a guy. His brain had frozen at the image of Mrs. Miller carrying the box to the car. The woman is 76 years old. How could she carry? Very carefully, 
She wouldn't let me touch it because of the baby, and she knows how much we want to get the house cleaned out. Her son said he'd bring his boys over, you know, the twins, Jim and Jerry, to do the last of the patching and painting. Then it'll be fit for the realtor to put on the market. Picturing the middle-aged brothers, grizzled farmers who lived on the lane, Jacob stifled a groan. When did my life slip out of control? Really, I think we should hire someone to... Rosie perched on the edge of the bed and shook her head, eternally patient, wise woman. Don't be ridiculous. There isn't a carpenter to be had. No professional wants to get into these old farmhouses unless you want a complete refurbished job, which we can't afford. Jim and Jerry have done tons of work on their own place. They can handle this. We'll pay them, and the house will be fine. She nudged the milk closer, glanced pointedly at the article, and climbed to her feet. Eat and rest. I'm going to see how many hearts and likes we got on Facebook. Oh, heck. Jacob shoved the Facebook humiliation out of his mind and chomped down on his meal. He ignored the article. But as he couldn't eat it, there wasn't a television or computer within reach, and he had left his phone in the car, his fingers inched toward the yellowed newspaper. He read it three times. His eyes filled with tears on the second round and flowed after the third. How could he have such a relative and never heard? But then, he remembered, Grandma had spoken of her Uncle Thomas, a priest who had served his flock in love and devotion, who had died unexpectedly. But he had never paid it much mind. Some old relative who had passed away long ago before his time. Rosie hummed as she switched off the last of the lights, waddling closer, her happy disposition radiating through the house. Suddenly, Jacob envisioned the web of interconnected lives, the great uncle who had powerfully influenced his mother, who had formed him, the long descent of relatives who arrived and left the human stage in numberless succession, changing the landscape for each generation. Rosie stopped in the doorway. Her eyes widened in alarm as she stared at him. What's wrong, honey? She hustled close, arms ready to snuggle and comfort. Jacob breathed her unique scent, soaked in her gentle touch, and knew, beyond all shadow of a doubt, he had been richly blessed.